0: This afternoon, But without further ado, let's go to the Wester hotline now because joining me is Jake Burns. He, of course, does work over at the Orange and Brown Report. You can follow him on Twitter at Jake underscore Burns one eight. Jake, pleasure to have you on again. It's been a while, man. Uh, of course, I uh, I love uh, following along. Love your work. Love your uh, love your takes. And uh, I'm, I'm happy you made some time to uh, to jump in the show and talk about uh, the Browns and Deshaun Watson and everything else that uh, no drama at all in Cleveland. So not not a lot to talk about. <laughs>
1: No man, no, not a lot to talk about at all. No, not not a daily podcast worth of jargon to uh to bring up every day. My pleasure to come on, man. Always always a uh always my my uh, a good time and uh, always enjoyed following you as well.
0: Well, we're going to talk a lot of ball. We'll talk some Xs and Os, but you know, obviously the the uh, The appetite for most folks in in the brown sphere is this the Sean Watson saga. It seems like every day heck at this point, Jake. It seems like every hour there 's a new development, a new story, a new publication coming out with new accusations. I know that part of this conversation will eventually get to Baker Mayfield, but I think doing this in a vacuum and, and simply talking about all of the implications, all of the drama around Deshaun Watson and and keeping it separate from from Baker Mayfield, I know is something that you have done your best on trying to do because I do believe they're mutually... They're, they're not exclusive together. You can not you can have a conversation around Deshaun Watson without having to talk about Baker Mayfield somehow coming to the rescue um, because I, I know I follow you and I know that's not where your head is and it's probably not where anyone's head should be because I think these are two completely separate conversations and starting with Deshaun Watson, Jake, where do you stand? Where does this fan base stand? Because with all of the new developments, we still haven't heard from the, from the league yet on what the suspension looks like. It can't be easy sitting on pins and needles waiting for what the suspension looks like when you want to just move forward and get to talk about football.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think there's there's a lot there just kind of like you led into where you know, you want to you want to separate the two, but you really you really can't because without Baker Mayfield's issues, there's no Deshaun Watson arrival, right? Like, you know, I think you guys uh have a pretty good understanding of a similar situation, right? If Josh Allen doesn't turn into what he becomes, you start to become a little desperate. I think you believe that, you know, most of the pieces around Josh are championship caliber. Now imagine, you know, Josh starts really well and then starts to slowly fade, never gets better, has maturity issues, but they're still building this really good team around him. And then you start to say, we're a quarterback away from figuring this thing out. As the same time, the AFC continues to get better at the position, right? So, like, that's where the Browns are. They they thought Baker Mayfield after his first and third year was going to be something he never he never turned into, and they were very clear on the limitations, very clear on what his issues were and how far he could take them, um, and they decided, hey man, we are in desperation mode. We know that there's only going to be so many talented guys ever available, and because we're in desperation mode, we're willing to. I guess for better or worse, bite the bullet here and try to make this trade happen and deal with the ramifications and try to come out of it on the other side. Now, as we know, it has gotten somehow worse than when they originally traded for him, right? It's gotten it's right. gotten worse because there's more things that have come out. Now, whether the Browns knew this or did not know this, I don't know. I'd have to think that they knew the the plan of strategy for the, the the defense attorney, not the defense attorney, but the uh, it's not a prosecuting t- attorney, but the representation of those coming after Watson, uh, you know, he was going to have some plan to put pressure on Deshaun Watson simultaneous to the league and try to get him to settle. He's ultimately trying to make money for his clients, as he should. If there is no criminal uh, situation here, which we know based on what we know that there's no criminal element, then accountability usually comes in the form of money. So he is trying to put forth a plan to get money for his clients. So, um, you listen, Watson could be guilty of this stuff. I, I, I try to say I'm not judge, jury, executioner. I, the stuff here is, it's terrible optics. It doesn't look good. If you, if you had to put people in front of a yes or no answer, I believe most people would say that, yeah, something pretty nefarious happened here. So that part of it is rough from a Browns fan's perspective because really, like you said, Nate, all we want to do is talk about football. But the decision to go upgrade the quarterback position the way they felt they needed to has brought so much baggage, and it's really, really challenging to stay, A, positive, and B, you know, even if Watson is some miracle here exonerated of everything, the civil trials come and go and he's not held liable or whatever, uh, I'm not sure the perfect word there, but he doesn't end up being guilty of having to, to, to pass along money, it It's the character stuff is always going to be there. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go away. A lot of people have made decisions, and again, I totally understand that, so it's really a stigma that is going to follow the Browns for good or bad here uh in perpetuity and and that part of it kind of stinks. You know It's not that the Browns were the only team going after Watson that anybody who needed a quarterback at this point It pretty much seemed like they were requesting interviews with him if he was interested in listening to them um but it it just it's it's going to follow the browns because of mm. how they went about actually going about securing his his services so you know i it's it's tough i try to keep player and person separated as best i can because you know the nfl is the nfl and we know every you look up and down every roster you're going to find some yep. things you really didn't want to find but there's also an understanding here that the watson situation is not a common situation there is a high volume of people here with with claim, claims against him that are very, very ugly. So, you know, that's what the NFL is weighing here, Nate, man. It's like this isn't – we've seen issues that have led to suspensions that have come from situations with one accuser or uh, one incident or one deflated football saga, but we have not seen the volume right. of this right. nature and what that ultimately leads to, man. So, yeah, we're we're kind of just sitting here like – how do we evaluate this team going forward? Is it going to be Jacoby Brissett? Is it going to be Watson? How long is the suspension? See, yeah, it's, a really, it's just not a fun time to, to really – you know, this time of year, as I'm sure you guys are doing, you're really pumped. You're looking forward right. to what are they going to do to be better? What are the stat projections? what That's not really what we can do right now. We don't really have that path forward until the NFL figures
0: it out. Yeah, and I think that's the unfortunate part about it, right? And And, and the Browns being a franchise who for so long have really – not been able to find a baseline level of success and you – you want to go get that franchise quarterback that can bring that to the franchise but I I think that you know there's a there's a level of almost like feeling of selling your soul a little bit right and and what you're willing to overlook and you're talking about the volume of it and and I think that's right I mean like if it's one or two women um, this story does not have the teeth that it has there you're not going to see but to to get the uh, to get more details this week about 66 potential massage therapists in 17 months the, the thing that I think everyone can agree on is how abnormal this is for normal people, right? Like normal people have a tough time, which I think Jake leads people into thinking more and more that he is guilty is because it's so abnormal to think about a normal person using that many massage therapists in that short of time, I think makes it harder and harder for the common person to think that Deshaun Watson isn't innocent, right? Because of the sheer volume of it, but because of who he is, the money that he has, the power and the position that he's in the common folk cannot relate to what he's going through. And I think that has also been a really big disconnector for everyone, including probably Browns fans who feel weird about it. Like, there just is nothing where you can say, oh, man, I had a buddy that dealt with the same thing, a false accuser, blah, blah, blah. Like, that does not exist here because of the sheer volume of it and the growing, it seems like, volume of it.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt, man, that... that. It's really hard to mentally get to the point where you can say 22 to now 26, 25. I'm not sure what the number sits at, but are all, are all lying. I, I, I think that the thing, Nate, that is hard here is, is yeah, like there's no doubt in my mind. And again, this is a family radio, so try to keep the PG. It is no doubt in my mind that he has a, uh, um, uh, a, a nymph, a nymph, nympho nature about him. I think is probably the best way to put it. He uh, he definitely is into that sort of stuff. So, listen, you can be that way, but you can also not break the law. But it sounds like there are some things here that really, really pushed that push the envelope here, and and that's where it starts to become challenging. And you can see why it's challenging for prosecutors because it is a lot of he said she said right. in a situation of massages, which are already interpersonal as it is. Right. So it's very, it's very strange. Listen, there's, there's just, there's just no winning. Put it this way. There is no winning outcome. Like you said, there is no connection. Hey man, I got, I had a buddy of mine who had 22. No, you didn't. That never happened. There is no personal connection to this. So there are very few people in on Watson. And I have talked about this from the start, how he handles being the bad guy because it does seem like in some way he's going to get a chance to come back to the NFL. Now, the nature of the length of that suspension, whether it's eight games, a full season, whatever, he will get a chance to return. And his contract pretty much says, hey, he's going to play again. But how does he handle being the bad guy? Because there is not right. – there are a faction of Browns fans who, who follow the team no matter what and blindly do it, and they'll cheer for him. And I get it. But there's also a ton of Browns fans on top of, as you said, a national – distaste for what he has done that is going to lead to some hostile situations and how do you handle that deshaun watson's been a guy who's been universally loved his entire nfl playing career when he's been on the field he is he has always been a guy that guys around the league have loved and 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 fans have been uh, enjo- enjoyed him you know because of a lot of the things the optics have always been really good for him how does that – how does he handle that, you know? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's there's a lot to, to be understood. And, and another thing, too, to consider here, Nate, is if he gets an eight-game minimum suspension, which I am of the idea – like, my mind is fixated on 12. If it's less than 12, that's kind of a like a mini-miracle. Um, hmm. But I would expect 12 or more. That's 20 – what, 25, 27, 29 straight games he's missed – so that's a lot of football he right. hasn't played, too. So there's other that's elements to not only the person getting whatever comes out of the, the trial situation figured out, there's also he's missed a significant portion of football. He's in a new coaching staff's system. He's a lot of moving parts. You paid him a ton of money, and people are going to want it now. He's going to be expected to be on the field and be great now because the contract right. dictates that decision. So there's a lot of pressure on top of the personal pressure he's dealing with. It's the it's the professional pressure, which there will be a lot of people gunning for him, and 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 that is again it's it's an understandable thing. So we'll see what shakes out. But I have called this the the, the biggest turning point in the in the Cleveland Browns franchise since they moved. I mean, it is a it is a monumental decision that they made. And listen, they might not have thought that. They might have thought, hey just like any other job, Nate, where you go out and you pass a background check. He would have passed a background check. So their thought is, hey, this is largely the NFL's approach to this, which is this guy passed a background check and he's eligible to play and we'll pay him and he can play. But there's more to it. I don't think the Browns completely understood the magnitude of it all. Maybe they did and they said, even if we did, they just don't care, which, again, is another thing that people can throw back at them and say, hey, man, that's terrible because this isn't a – backup practice squad left tackle yep. this is a face of your franchise so there's there's just a lot man and and I don't know this could be a situation where as many Browns fans look at 99 is like hey you know 95 when they left is like I stopped caring at that point right there could be a similar situation here that I've already seen a massive divide and if this thing goes south in the first two or three years of this whole thing you're talking about a, an owner that has another ugly decision on his hands. You're talking about losing. A, I think is a pretty good and pre- head coach and GM because they tied themselves to yep. this decision and right. it has a massive. Like the floor. What do they call it? The the floor and the ceiling here are so crazy, man. It's so crazy. So, I would have not done it. I I, I was uh, pretty pretty happy at the time, they to have moved on from it when they when the announced or whatever source got out that the Browns were eliminated. And kind of preparing to talk about some draft options and right. and and you know how they handle maybe a Matt Ryan trade or something, and then that decision happened and it was just like a sinking feeling because here we are June 11th now not talking about anything on the field we're talking about more of the negative that he has brought instead of anything positive so it's just tough man.
0: I'm with you, Jake, Jake Burns here of the Orange and Brown Report on the Wester Hotline. We're talking a little Deshaun Watson. I, I do wanna I do wanna layer in the Baker Mayfield part of this thing, which is... You know, I, I think there's a camp of people, and there are probably very few Baker Mayfield apologists left out there, um, but they exist, um, and I think if you're a Baker Mayfield apologist, you probably agree with the sentiment that Baker has had, which is, you know, he put his body on the line, he played injured, and um, part of that is the reason that he didn't play well this year, um, and part of that is, you know, should the team have shut him down? Should he have shut himself down last season? Um, we know left shoulder injuries with quarterback have an impact on your ability to throw accurately it Josh Allen had the injury his rookie year um, or sophomore year I should say his second year and it affected his accuracy early in the football season and you could tell when it was fully healed he threw the ball with more accuracy generally speaking um, you know this has been an injury that hurts your ability to rotate and throw the ball with accuracy so knowing that Jake where are you with what happens next for Baker Mayfield? Because, you know, the the conversation goes to, is he playing for Carolina? Is he going to get traded? Is he going to get traded to Seattle? Is he and the team and the organization going to agree on a on an Odell Beckham Jr. type buyout where he takes less but gets it and gets his way, gets to be a free agent and goes and gets a sign elsewhere? What is the resolution to all of this? And in your mind, what was ultimately the lead-up to this decision short of just saying, we, this wasn't good enough, and we've made a mistake drafting him number one overall. And this is our solution.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know where he's going to end up, man. I mean, we think there are two obvious candidates in Seattle and Carolina, but but maybe Cleveland is trying to, um, you know, play the wild card game of a preseason injury or something. I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean. I know that they want to try to hold – because they don't owe him a penny until week one. Yep. So they're they're going to play the patient game, which they should. I mean, in this situation, uh, the patient game is the only thing you can do. And I don't think they've had a ton of people – like, I don't think they've told people no. I don't think they've had a ton of people calling for Baker Mayfield. So people will be like, well, they haven't done right by him. Well, I don't think there's a ton of people calling for him, man. And I don't think they want to just pay all of his $18.9 million to somebody else because that's the same as releasing him at that right. point. You yep. just cut him and let him pick his team. So it's like, I, I listen, I get it that if some people want to be scorned about the decision they made and all that, that's fine. But, like, the, the NFL is ultimately a can-you-do-it-or-can't-you-do-it league, and the Browns got to the point where they were tired of his immaturity as a leader, as a voice in the in the locker room, um, as a, as a it's-not-my-fault type of personality. As uh, As the season wore on, you could see that he was just rubbing everybody involved in the wrong way and it just got ugly, and it got ugly, and they got desperate, and they made, yeah. a, they made a move that we'll see, man. That move might ultimately be the, the, the wrong move, but I don't think that that move necessarily meant that Mayfield was going to be here if it wasn't made. Like, I just think they were done with him. So they were aggressive in a Kirk Cousins discussion. They were out there hunting for better options. So uh, Mayfield is, uh, is, is going to get a chance somewhere. I, you, you made a point about the trade sorry, the Odell situation, it, it depends on, on how desperate Baker gets to get out of Cleveland. Uh, I haven't sensed any desperation from him yet. So it, I think both sides are playing it patient, but if it gets to the point where the preseason he's healthy, he's out there throwing in Austin, Texas, or whatever, and he's ready to go, and he just wants to play, I could see him and his agent saying, whatever, we'll just eat half of this thing and you cut us. They're not there yet. Cleveland's not there to eat all of it, and there is no trade that is worthwhile. Like The Panthers wanted to really have cleveland pay all of but like 3.5 million right. and they weren't willing to do that so yeah i just i i think they're gonna just run it man they're gonna run it to to the point that they can't anymore and if it gets into the middle of preseason and nothing has shaken loose then they they might just let him walk so I, I, the thing you know, the only thing i know for sure is that he's not going to take snaps in cleveland that ship sailed yeah right after the season the ship sailed and, and it just got ugly and I think it was, it was right for both sides to restart, the nature by which or the, 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 the degree to which the restart came has certainly been uncomfortable here. But it was headed in that direction because he just wasn't good enough, man. And, and listen, the injury stuff, I get it. Uh, I, I'm with you. The left side, left side discomfort is never good, never good for getting the front side open to throw the football. But the way he handled himself, the yep. adamacy to play, the seeking a second opinion so he could play, and it was pretty obvious that the Browns tried to shut him down it was going to turn into a public relations nightmare because he thinks he's out playing for another contract and it was just ugly, Nate, man. It was really ugly and uh it just it stinks that Cleveland was in a position where the pick that they made in the eighteen draft didn't yield the situation as again, I'm I'm just gonna say, like it didn't yield Buffalo's result where they get the guy, the right guy at the right time for the right city and it works out and you don't have to go do that stuff. But they are in a position where their roster and everything they have committed fiscally needed a quarterback. And they decided that this risk was good enough for them to, to, to do it. Now, you know, we'll sit here and talk in a couple of years, as I'm sure we will and say, well, that was stupid or, you know, it ended up being okay. But for now it is, it is, is a no win situation for Cleveland. They're just, and maybe they knew this, maybe they said, Hey, I don't care. It's going to be really ugly for us publicly. And it doesn't matter because we see this vision working out. And, And if that vision works out good for them, but it will never be to the unit to the to the level of public admiration as many people had for like that lovable loser nature that Cleveland had. Now it's like their public enemy number one. Yeah. So um you know, it just sucks, man. It all it, like I don't know what other way to say it. They might win. They might win multiple Super Bowls, but there will always be people saying things. It'll never come clean, right? So um it just it's uh it's it sucks. <laughs> it sucks, man. But but we'll, we'll, you know, we keep fighting the good fight, and life goes on, and, and uh, it's not that big a deal, in, in, uh, in everyday life for, for people that have real problems and real lives. But it just for your NFL fandom, which is a really great escape, as you know. Yep. You know, it's just great to escape that daily grind, and um, when you have to do it and talk about the stuff that you and I are talking about, the heavy stuff, right? Ne- yeah, you never want to have to talk about this stuff, and that part of it sucks, man. But we'll keep plugging on, brother.
0: Last thing I have for you, I want to, this from the X's and O's side of things, obviously, um, you know, Jacoby Brissett could be playing meaningful football here early this season, but from what you've seen from the limited clips of film, and, and I follow you, and I know you like to break down film a lot, same way my buddy Eric Turner does, looks at OTA films, looks at some of the formations, it looks to me... Jake, that there is going to be a fundamental shift on where this offense operates. It still looks like it's going to be that bootleg, that, that, that classic Gary Kubiak-level offense, but at the same time, it looks like they're moving this thing into more of a pistol, into more of a shotgun look with Deshaun Watson. And I'm wondering what you think of how that will look when Watson, if Watson, hits the field this year, and, and how much different you can expect this offense fundamentally to look.
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question. I think they're going to get a lot more creative here. So yeah, more pistol stuff with some creative read option off of it, just getting cheap yards. Not that they, they're going to run him like, you know, we're going to run dash concepts or GT counter read option like Lamar does, but they're just going to run some, some cheap option stuff that they can pick up some yards. Uh, but they'll definitely, definitely increase RPO usage because why wouldn't you? A guy like that who's done that stuff throughout. his And again, I, I got to reiterate, Sean Watson's really good. I mean, he's really good when he's, when he was playing and he, you know, this last year in 2020, like he's an extremely talented quarterback. So if you get that version of him, he's going to be good. And your, your offense with some of the weapons Cleveland has, they'll be fine. They'll put up points. It's just a matter of how far do you go and can you continue to add weapons and uh, continue to get better? But yeah, they'll do RPO stuff. They'll, I think that they'll definitely get in multi-level RPO stuff down the line, tight end things, also getting in some some simplistic slant stuff behind it, but yeah, they'll, they'll still do pistol stuff because I think they like the idea of their three-step game, just being more of a punch rock, get rid of the football. We used to call that punch rock throw footwork. Uh, but it also lets Watson get out, get out quicker. You can still use a lot of your guard, uh, you know, your power counter concepts that you like from that look. And and it keeps Watson comfortable. And it keeps Chubb and Hunt in, in a downhill nature, right? They can do that stuff. So Uh, I I think they'll wrinkle more of that in. They've only ran two snaps of pistol uh, Kevin has in his time in Minnesota and Cleveland as a play caller, but obviously different quarterbacks with different skill sets. But they'll do more of that, but they'll still do their boot stuff. They'll wide zone it. They'll do some different pocket setups that they weren't able to do with Mayfield. And obviously, you know, with it, you get some easy answers. Kevin's pretty good at finding easy answers. The problem was last year in some portions of 2020, the easy answers just weren't found or they weren't delivered. If you can get those delivered and get some creative plays, as you know, what makes Josh special there in Buffalo is that he extends plays and he drives the football downfield and he finds tight windows. The the hope Cleveland has is that some of those things that Watson was able to do and, in Houston are are now part I mean, they're not hoping; they're banking on it. I mean, yeah, two hundred thirty million dollars banking on it that he can do those things. So, you know, anytime you have a quarterback that can do some of those things, it makes your offense better because you keep you keep drives alive and all that stuff. But I wouldn't expect a wholesale change. They're still going to do their wide zone stuff they love. They're actually a more of a, of a of a gap concept run team, power counter because of those guards they have. They love to move those guards, so they'll do some of that stuff still. But they'll they'll put wrinkles in. It's like. It's like I, I always make the uh, equation of when Lafleur went from from Tennessee as the OC up to Green Bay and Cleveland. He took that quarterback collective wide zone stuff with him, but he also really manipulated it to what Aaron's comfortable right. with. You know, a lot of that quick screen stuff, a lot of now throws, a lot of uh, you know layered uh, a layered three tier read concepts, uh, whole field things. I think they'll, they'll they'll mix in what Watson's most comfortable with, and and, um, and and find the best offense for him. But again, it's just a matter of. When the heck that's going to be? So we'll we'll keep our eyes out for for that information.
0: Jake, tell the folks where they can find your work. Uh, what you got coming up here as we uh, enter training camp season? Man, we're like a month and a half away from training camp. Can't wait.
1: I yeah, I can't wait. Any football is good football right now. I just need some football. Yeah. Um, you mentioned ahead of time. I'm at Jake underscore uh, Burns eighteen on Twitter, and then um, yeah, everything I do is at the Orange and Brown Report. So we're we're a two four seven Sports Network site. The the OBR. OrangeandBrownReport.com. Everything is there. We we try to we try to do the best we can to cover the Browns from all angles of, of draft and analytics and and film content and all that stuff. So if you ever get bored out there, find some Cleveland Browns content with us. I appreciate you having me on, Nate. Man, big fan of yours. Thanks, dude.
0: My pleasure. Likewise, my friend. Same here. Big fan of yours. Keep up the great work, and we'll uh, we'll do this again soon. Enjoy the rest of your summer, all right, buddy.